I'm Chad Eckert, trying to play producer and host of the Preferred Lines podcast. That's my guy over there. His name is Joe Idoni. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tour Picks. We're strapped with a guest this week. We've got a real guy. His name is Reed T. Fowler. Before we get to you, though, Reed, stay there quick. This is a pro Browns podcast, and it would be against my co-host's religion to skip this little (laughs) part. A playoff win for the Browns. I saw your tweets, Joe, about smoking in the living room. You were enjoying (laughs) yourself. Cheers to the Browns. There we go. You know, lovable losers. Um, Us Midwest guys, we got to stick together. It was like just crazy the way things unfolded obviously for me like as a long Cleveland guy I'm gonna say something that's probably like not kosher with a lot of other Cleveland fans but last night like any real Cleveland fan and they're diehards right you got Browns Indians Cavs Ohio State's on tonight everyone loves them all but the Browns there's something different man and last night was like more uplifting and emotional for me than when the Cavs won that championship like Whoa. four years ago that is controversial was, I was so fired up um it right, was well, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks and see if wow. the same high is there but at the same time did you go to work today yeah to- yeah I was there right okay. on time baby all right so yeah right. chipper they, you know in Florida they don't give a shit about the Browns so maybe they were just like what's Joe all excited about they don't know I live two lives they don't know what I do there Okay, so then I also assume you made some money on the draw jock market. Yeah, um, jock market was good to me. We should talk about them for a quick second. They are our presenting sponsor of the show, our good friends over there. Uh, We were just talking a little off the air about it with Reed, but very cool concept of, you know, same as any other concept. You pick your players you think are going to do well. You buy low, you sell high, you ride out your stocks. And if your guys have a good day, you have a good day. So it's been a lot of fun and we appreciate them for helping us put on the show. Absolutely. And uh, golf's back and that's the sport that I can cash in. Cause I'm not too good at the NBA or the NFL. So yeah, I was happy to get golf back going and uh, made some money there. Um, love to plug that sh- app. Those people over there are good people. I mean, it's fun. The fact that they're supporting us is just wonderful. Right on. <laughs> Okay, so it's officially a PGA Tour event because it's a cut. It's a full field. And so, therefore, we have a guest. And we have a good guest. I said as Reed T. Fowler, a DraftKings analyst, a person that writes articles, does things on the internet. I mean, but not only that, Reed, you have a special connection to the Sony Open. A Hawaiian? Or yeah, guy to Hawaii? Oh, yeah. Tell us about who you are and where you come from. Yeah, that's why I got the the sign up there for everyone to know that. Um, yeah, na, born na, and raised. Na, na, na. <laughs> born and raised. That reminds me of forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, that dance. Like, obviously, everyone who's listening on the podcast can't see Chad dancing. Uh, yeah, follow us very on YouTube. nicely, I might add. <laughs> follow us on YouTube, absolutely. Um, yeah, born and raised in, uh, on, uh, in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. Actually, uh, grew up probably 10 to 15 minutes away from Wildlife Country Club, Uh and that's like any, like anybody actually who lives in the like in the, the metropolitan the main city of Honolulu, you're ten or you're ten or fifteen minutes away from anything because it's an island. Um, but uh, it's it's one of those courses that it's it's a private country club that if you get to play if you get invited on by a friend or you know a family friend it's it's a surreal experience. It's my first tournament, uh, professional tournament going to watch, and you start to realize very quickly how good these guys are because it, you know you you think you you have this like twisted sense of reality like oh i can hit you know a drive one out of every let's say five drives in the fairway and it can go relatively far these guys hit it every single time straight down the pipe they work it right to left left to right and it's the the trajectory that's the one thing that always got me was the ball flight is just so much better but uh yeah born and raised man born and raised in hawaii and Glad that we, uh, this is one of the longest standing tournaments on the mm-hmm. PGA Tour. So I'm, I'm happy to, to say that and excited for this tournament. To say well, that's, we're glad to have you. It is not Hawaii where I am. I'm in my garage. You can probably see my breath. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, gonna, we're trying to not do this for a long time, in other words. So, Joe, wanna introduce a segment here? 
Sure, Reed. So uh, we call this the front nine segment, basically more or less. Um, gosh, we haven't done this in a few weeks. I have a little rusty, but more or less, it's it's basically a rapid fire segment. Chad and I are going to go back and forth asking you all kind of questions about uh, how you go about the betting board, DraftKings, and yep. specifically some questions at the end about the Sony Open. So you ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. All right, hit him, Chad. Okay, Reed, you're, um, you're better. You've betted before. You're on a lot of outrights that's your mm -hmm. typical betting card is filled with outrights like ours. What's your rule number one though, when betting outrights? Uh, it's not necessarily betting early, right? Cause you can potentially wait to get a better number. You can odd shop. Obviously I'm going to promote DraftKings Sportsbook as the one that you should always go with, but you know, I'm not here to say that there aren't other odds that you can go out and go out and, go out and find uh, and get the better number. But I will say that what I've done with football, especially too, is try to create the lines before they come out. And what that gives you is this, this idea of where you value. And it's kind of what uh, Joe, like you were saying with jock market, right? It's like, what's the value of these, of these golfers, of these players. And if you find value like Sergio was to an extent last week um, and, and getting it on the market, you'll find some guys that just based on their number, they're a good bet, right? They're positive EV, not necessarily based on their current form. Like Leishman, for instance, last year and this, or excuse me, last week and this week, I think he's at value uh, where he's at on the number just because of some of the other stuff. So I like to, to make the, those lines first, look at it early and then make a decision, not necessarily bet like football where you want to get those early lines before other people until they're like, you know, to make, to make sure you get that number that you want, that they don't move. But I like to make my own lines first and see how it matches up. We like to ask uh, most of our guests this, and most of them are on one side, but um, kind of a two-part question. Are you more of a course history guy or a recent form guy? And sort of part two, um, when you're looking to find an assessed value like you spoke about, are you building out stat models or is it more of just an eye test and a feel type of thing for you? Yeah, I think earlier I was really uh, like not hamstrung, but I relied a little bit too much on the stats. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it's easy. And in our industry, it's, it's a lot easier to back up a point with data, right. With, yeah. And you can manipulate that data any way you want. And I think Absolutely. where we all get a little bit too caught up in is, well, this like Russell Henley, I mean, he's number one in almost every statistical category when you look at stat models, but why isn't he winning more than he should, right? Like this actually, and coincidentally, this was the first, tournament that he won right back in 2013 when he came out on tour but like it, it's I, I've tried to do that less um look at the current form I think you have to right you have to do that with golf and looking over the last you know three tournaments four tournaments to see how these guys are trending um, but I'm actually going a little bit more this year and trying a little bit more on long form and that's more that's more true earlier in the season right because we don't have any recent form any recent history so I like to take longer form, maybe the last, you know, eight to 10 tournaments to see where these guys sit. And if they were good on, on some statistic that I like for that course, if they were good 50, you know, hundred rounds ago and it stays the same, I want to keep that going. Cause those guys really are going to give themselves better chance of winning. I will say this though, guys, like this tournament specifically right outside the big majors, like Augusta 14 of the last 15 winners, I believe played Sony open at least once. So if there is course history, it's not necessarily extremely important, but I do factor in as tiebreakers, especially this week. So then, we're, okay, you've been to the course. Yeah. Does the course suit a specific type of golfer? And is that show, does that show up in the history that you spoke of? Yeah, a little bit, right? I mean, it's the Zach Johnsons, the, the Webb Simpsons, right? The sort of par 70 guys Charles who are elite with their ball. <laughs> Charles Hall, CH3 sticks. Like he's always up there really close, right? Uh, Kevin Kisner. So yeah, I mean, and that's really where I like, that's really the course history argument that I always have, or at least the narrative in my mind is, it's more of a course fit as opposed to, oh, this guy, like we know all, Webb Simpson always plays well at Wyndham. Like it's just like Kisner always at Harbortown and some of these other courses. But at the same time, I got like Sanjay. And I saw, I heard this actually when I was listening to, to Mayo's uh, pod, and Feinberg mentioned that Ben Cooley, he, he, and that's like three degrees of, uh, of how I heard this, but ben, ben Cooley mentioned that Sanjay plays extremely well on courses that don't 
uh, farewell to first timers. Right. right. So I think I said that right. Yeah. So he was like on courses that don't, you know, you're not supposed to do well at your first time. Sanjay plays well. And that completely, you know, goes away from the, the course history uh, argument. So at this type of course, yeah, I mean, you want like they're narrow fairways, the rough's not, you know, extremely penalizing. You need a, you know, hot potteries are small greens and guys like Webb who get it to the, on the greens nicely, putt well, usually win. Question for you, um, a little bit of a way from golf, but kind of a little bit of a personal question. Um, so you're obviously working for DraftKings. You do content and stuff for the NFL and PGA for a little while now. What's kind of, take us sort of behind the scenes, like what's the coolest perk or like benefit from yeah. working for, I mean, it's probably been a little weird the last six months, but do you guys throw like a banger of a Christmas party every year? What's the coolest <laughs> thing that comes along with it? We used to, man. We were, like everyone I was bet. in the office. Oh, it was great. Um, I think like you mentioned, so I'll take it two parts. I think the coolest thing about working at DraftKings is like the, the reach that we have, right? It's like, we all are in this industry because we want to, you know, we love the game of golf. We love football. Uh, we love talking about it. We love betting on it. We just, we want to interact with it sort of, you know, the, like our mind space is deeply involved in sports. DraftKings is, you know, the leading DFS provider. And now on the sportsbook side, your reach is vast. I mean, you see our commercials every like every single game, um, and me uh, me personally, I've been on shows like Good Morning Football, yeah, you know, three times already. And I, I used to watch that show <laughs> before I started working at DraftKings, and be like, man, that's so cool. I love for you know to meet these guys, and now I get to talk to them, and you know, there's a relationship that we have, and it's not like we're, we're best friends. Right. But, you know, that's a really cool perk that we can talk about these things, uh, talk about football. I can talk, I, you know, I always try to sprinkle in some golf on those shows just to make sure, you know, yeah. I give PJ a little nod. But that's the coolest thing, right, is that the reach that we have and there's it's just and then during the during the, the shutdown, it was what can we do to like get content out there? Mm-hmm. And we started doing and I this is like a guilty pleasure of mine used to be. I used to watch 90 Day Fiance like all the time, just complete trash TV. It is, it's, it's bad, right? It's like the bad version of Bachelorette. You can kind of like an idea of like what the show is about. And I said, Hey, these, there's, a, there's like this, this small group of people who watch this and like religiously watch and talk about it. Let's have some sort of contest on the show. And they're like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So like the DraftKings you know, contest. Yeah. Reality show? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so Perfect. there's things like that, right. That we can suggest. And if there's something like the challenge, right. On MTV, yep. Romeo does that a lot, you know, like oh, yeah. survivor, mm-hmm. uh, those kind of things can be something where if new, if, if things become popular and there's a betting angle to it, competition, then I can, you know, I can throw those ideas out and maybe we'll be talking about something that none of us are thinking about right now in a couple oh, of years. Dude, if you add a fantasy element to anything, it just enhances oh. that thing. Great. Fantasy yeah, I've, life, I've got right? a like fantasy, many, Yeah, exactly. I've got a fantasy survivor TV show league with 20 people yeah. and it's, it's competitive. And as soon as you pick someone, then you're associated yeah. with that person. So then their actions on the show, 10 weeks later, you're like embarrassed <laughs> by their actions, even though you have nothing to do with them. But it's like, same with your it's fantasy great. football players too. You're like, that guy's underperforming and making me look stupid. Ugh. Right. Right. And there's like, a, you can like with football and, and golf, right? And not everything's the same, right? PGA is not the same as, as basketball, NBA. But if you have a general foundation, right, Joe, like you were talking about of how to break things down from a fantasy or betting angle, there's a good chance you can talk about a reality show oh, yeah. in the same sense. <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> now, if we want to get more personal with Reed T. Fowler, I got personal in a fantasy golf pod interview series. So you can go check that out. We just tweeted about that today. Let's get back to golf. Let's get back to the betting board. That's what we do here on the preferred lines. You're listening and watching uh, live on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Periscope. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and all those good things. Comment away. Tell us uh, your favorite play for the week. I'm going to ask Reed, do you go to the top of the board? Do you ever look at someone that's at a 10 to, uh, you know, 12 under or lower? Do you ever do that? Nah, um, not really. And maybe I should more, right? Because yeah. like, these guys are really good. Um, but it's really how you want to bet uh, to build your card, right? You guys have said it a bunch. Um, you know, a lot of us in the industry is, have said it. So it's not a new concept is how do you want to build out your betting card? And that's different for everybody, right? I like to get guys in certain ranges. I like to play sort of those margins, the 
the last guy in the top tier, the first guy in the second tier, you know, to, 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 to play those out. And that rarely leaves a guy like Webb Simpson this week, who's at, you know, 11 to one and plus 1100 in the DK sports book. Like golf is so hard. It's so volatile. And especially at this course, we've seen guys like, you know, uh, way down the board win this yeah. tournament, like Johnson Wagner, has won it. Fabian Gomez, uh, you know, at Brendan Steele. Like, didn't he win? Patton Gazire. Steele was 200 to one last year and he almost mm-hmm. won. So, like, you know, like it, it depends on the tournament, but I rarely do it. I like to really start the card at least at like that 20 to one. But having said that, I mean, I bet Bryson last week at 11 or 12 to mm-hmm. one okay. because uh, of the course itself, how I felt he could play, got four rounds in. So, there, there's times I do take it as opposed to just totally going away from it. Well, you spoke to the chorus last week and how you thought that set up for Bryson a little well. What's like, what do you think sets up well this week when sort of assessing? I mean, you know the course as well as anybody. Who does it favor? Yeah, I mean, par 70 extraordinaires, I think, do well in this mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Bermuda putters. I mean, I'm talking about Sanjay. I mean, like it's yeah, Sanjay's exactly. profile. <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, so guys that are, you know, great ball strikers, uh, they have to ride a hot putter. Doesn't mean you have to come in with a hot putter. I mean, I like Leishman, and he's like lost strokes game putting in like yeah. the last 400 events. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, at this event, he's only lost strokes in a couple uh, over his long tenure here at Wyla. He loves his course, but you need to ride the hot, you need to ride a hot putter, um, and you need to come in with ball striking. Approach is twice as important as off the tee, guys, in the finish in the top five. It's like three times as important as around the green. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, lose strokes like fairways gained or accuracy off the tee, you know, and still win. I, you know, a handful of guys have not hit it in the fairway and have still won this, won this tournament with a hot putter and with approach. So I'm looking at guys like Sanjay Berger, right? Kisner. Uh, it's weird that Neiman is at 20, 28 to one right now. Um, I was going to ask you about Neiman. Yeah, guys like that. Do you have any bias towards someone that played last week? You were saying that course history could matter. What about recent history in Hawaii? Because I I did see someone tweet about uh, Kisner made comments about this. Do you go with the Neiman? Why is Neiman not like that? Is 28 or 25 to one on the betting board? That seems ridiculous. Like you said, do you go back to that? Yeah, I do. And I've tried to incorporate that a lot in DraftKings and betting is if I like a guy one week and especially if it's in the same state and kind of same, not the same style of course, these are stark differences in, in course, uh, right? Like Kapalua is hilly, windy. I mean, undulations everywhere, elevation change. And uh, Sony open wildlife is completely fat, flat, but like I'll, I'll go to a guy, I'll go back to a guy. If I feel like he was in good form that week, if he didn't necessarily completely implode, I'll go back to him next week because the narrative for most people on DraftKings is, well, I played him, but he didn't do well for me. So I'm not going to play him this week, or mm-hmm. I bet him and he lost. Therefore I'm not going to do it this week. The golfers, they don't think like that. They're not mm-hmm. like, Oh, I almost won. So I'm going to completely implode. I'm not going to care <laughs> unless it's a major and you're putting everything sure. out there. Um, I'll go back to these guys, especially if that number is right. And Joaquin at 28. Um, and if his ownership is down on DK, I'll go right back. Colin Morikawa is the same. And what I always do too, is I find that marker of Hideki. Xander is usually this guy for me in tournaments that he's at. I'll look at Hideki's odds and be like, why is he 22 to one or plus 2,200? That's the next question. And Neiman is 28, right? Like that, why, why is that the case? I'll talk myself into that and and then do it that way as well. Do you get like, I I guess kind of following up on that, there's guys that you see, you know, at the, around this 20 to range and actually Xander's one of them as well, but Xander Hideki guys that just seem to always be there, but never finishing the deal. So obviously these, you know, when we make these outright bets, you don't get paid out for second place. Um, So you want guys that are going to win tournaments. So whether they top five in most instances at the top of the board does not really matter. Um, What do we do with guys like that Hideki in particular this week? It's you're all in or you're like Ricky Bobby. It's like your first or your last, right? right? And that's the thing that I've always said about Xander is that if you're a Xander backer, which I think all of us to an extent are, I mean, we love Xander. He's a great player. He's one of the premier talents that if he wins more, he could be part of that elite group, but you're going to always have to play or bet Xander at that number, 18 to one, 20 to one. 
because the time that you don't play him at that number and he wins, you're not going to get that number for a long time. And you're going to be mm-hmm. kicking yourself because you bet him all the time at this short number and he hasn't won. And then when he wins, so you kind of put yourself in this like self-fulfilling prophecy of, I always have to back Decky no matter what, even though the guy hasn't won since 2017. I would argue, and I'm not saying these two players are the same in talent, Brendan Todd at twice the odds has has like more win equity than a guy like Hideki. And that's how you value the board is if I'm going down to a guy like Brendan Todd, who doesn't have the same ball striking as Hideki, but wins more, I'd rather have that and totally fade Hideki. Now, one and dones, that kind of stuff, like DK, it's different because that's more game theory, trying to beat out your opponent. But from a betting standpoint, I'm fine if, if Hideki wins. I want him to win um, so he can get that off his back and then have the whole, like, just the floodgates open for Decky. But I'm staying away from him. Well, then do you do a top five on a guy like that? Are you a top five, top ten matchup better? Do you do some of that? I want to do top fives on deeper odds just because the way I like to, to build my card, I like to get guys like, you know, for instance, Leishman, I think top five is 12 to one right now um, on the DK sports book, or at least he was when I placed the bet earlier today, but like, he's someone that like, I like the odds, like, then that's the thing, right? Webb Simpson. And I always try to do this, right. I'll try to compare it Webb or Harris to win the tournament or, you know, uh, Leishman is splitting those odds if he top fives. So I'd rather do that um, or back you with like a first round leader, top five type of thing, as opposed to going at the top, like Colin Morikawa could easily top five here, but at plus 350, I got to lay a lot of um, a, a lot of bankroll. And that means I can't go to guys that are like deeper down the board that I want to bet to win the to win the tournament. Totally. All right. So the big question, uh, we're going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Your preferred play of the week. You get to pick one golfer. Who's going to win the Sony Open, Reed? So I had two of these for dinner tonight. I'm going Daniel Berger. Okay. Oh, I want lettuce. I want lettuce buns though. It's 2021. It's January. Buns. I went, I Look put on you like your quarantine body. Double cheeseburger or two burgers? Two burgers. Okay. The provolone cheese. Put okay, some sure. butter pickles on it. Got some mashed potatoes on the side. So I wasn't going full, like full 30 <laughs> or full keto, but uh, put on the quarantine 15. Well, I, I think it's not, it's a real thing, man. Yeah. Right. Um, but I just, I just think Daniel Berger, He's one of those guys, man, that like he was playing well. He was playing well. And then on Sunday, just completely, he and Morikawa just completely imploded. And I know you, Chad, like you you put a lot of, you you and I both had Morikawa um, last week. But I just look at his game, right? Par 70, Bermuda. Look at some of these comps like Honda, RBC, uh, the Mayakoba. And he just sets up perfectly there. Par four scoring, putting, right? He's, He's just my guy at the top there. Reed, like it. we love it. We are happy that you joined us and thank you for doing that. And because you're on the podcast and someone might be listening to this, why don't you tell that person where they can find you if they would like more activity from you? Uh, hopefully like at some point you find me in Hawaii. No, um, just cause it's so warm there. God, yeah, right? uh, all my friends are there. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm like, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to hustle. You work from home, Reed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, right? Everything's on Twitter. Reed T Fowler. Uh, when I was creating my Twitter account back in, I don't know when it was, I was like, oh, I'll just put my name. Uh, didn't put anything cool like tour picks. Um, but yeah, so it's Reed T. Fowler, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. A D- a DK Nation is the uh, the site that all of my work comes out. PJ Tour on the fantasy page. Uh, my article usually comes out on Tuesday, which is really cool. And that breaks down you know, the, the my DraftKings plays some of the bets I like. Uh, so that's a really cool thing as well. And are you on the week, keto gonna... diet read? Because you're going to be out to be on camera on PGA channel. Um, no, on a little an- analysis of the bets in the draft. So my, you do. Yeah, no, <laughs> my vice, my vice is like chips, anything that like finger foods, <laughs> like I can watch, like I can eat while I'm watching sports. And so like, I have to balance it out somehow. No, I like that. Uh, but no, not yet. That'd be cool though, man. That'd no, you're cool on your way. So just keep plugging away and we'll keep following you on the Twitter machine at Reed T Fowler. And again, if burger wins, Hey, maybe we'll have you back well, next week. T- two more burgers. I want to have two more burgers <laughs> on Sunday. If he wins, cause I'll be in the, in the money. So I appreciate it guys. Thank you, Reed. Best of luck, buddy. You too. Peace out. See ya.
remove. All right, see you, Reed. Okay, so that was Reed. Uh, don't report. Okay. Well, Reed, good dude, Reed, good dude. You know what? Yeah. I don't know if he's still around, but Reed's a good golfer, man. He was at the DFS Open and he surprised some people. I'll tell you that. Really? Um, he's a good player. I believe he was carrying his team. He played a couple days before the course I recommended him to. He's got game. He's got game to go. Well, with the problem game. with Reed, though, is perception. He played with a bunch of scrubs. So, like, you put Reed on that team, and then he's just guilty by association. You think he's as bad as Ben Rouser and whoever else he was with. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he's a big dude, too, man. Hits him a long way. Reed's got game. Appreciate him coming on. Yeah, Good that's awesome. Uh, someone that grew up near the course. I mean, come on. Could you get more insider than that? Let's go. A DraftKings expert. He writes for PGATour.com fantasy section. Like, this is the man right there. Uh, Reed T. Fowler. So, all right, let's turn the page. Let's turn, make the turn. Make the turn. Make the turn. Yeah. All right. We'll get a dog. We'll get another beer. I've got a little Tito's flowing. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're here at the tippity tip top of the Sony open board. You got two guys. There's a pair of names. It's Colin Morikawa and it's Webb Simpson. And they're both at 14 to one. There are other names under 20 to one. Reed is no longer in the field, but he was there. He was at 16 ish. Mm-hmm. English is there and Hideki is also there under 20 to one. Are you interested in the favorites? Now uh, there are other boards out there that have refreshed this since Reed has ejected himself from the tournament. That was about that. I'm looking at that now. now I'm interested. I, um, are you seeing what I'm seeing where it's Reed I'm, T Fowler's guy. It's he's launched himself into this section too. Daniel are you talking Burger. about burger or yeah. Sung Jay? Well, both, I thought. Both, yeah, both have launched themselves in. Um, I'm certainly glad I um, bet Sung JM earlier today at 22 to 1. Cheers to that. I'm looking at 16 right now. So uh, six points is a big deal when you go from 16 to 22. So I don't know if I still love him at 16 to 1 because that's quite a chop, like 75% of his odds. But Love Sung Jay this week. Sets up great. Many things Reed mentioned. Go ahead. I know you've got a good Sung Jay take. No, I, I was going to say that. I was just going to say that the top feels like this is the field that might actually yield a 20 to 1 winner. Like mm-hmm. the other, sometimes you come into it, Joe, and you're like, hey, these long shots are, are worth long shotting. This didn't feel like it for me. I opened up the betting board and I really liked a lot of the like juicy number 20 names, you know, and then you kind of fall in love with a few of those and maybe a couple thirties and then you got like one forty, and then you get to the sixties. You're like, these names are way worse and it's a way different ball game. So I think you do go and focus at the top of the board. Maybe you do less, but you do on the top and you don't spread it. Like I normally do. Sure. That's kind of like yeah. It. And just kind of an interesting way. I mean, I know this tournament always falls around here on the schedule, but the way things worked out at the end of the PGA tour season with the masters in November and a lot of guys taking some time off. I mean, it's one of those events that the lazy narratives is to just kind of cross everyone off who didn't play last week. But I think there may be something to it. I mean, these guys have a little bit of tournament experience under their belt. I know Reed said it plays very different than last week in mm-hmm. terms of the course conditions and the undulations and so to speak. But I just think getting that four rounds under your belt and they all got four rounds in um, was big. And I think kids mentioned that this week. Uh, so I'm kind of targeting guys, not necessarily a hundred percent on how they performed last week, but the fact that they played is big and that they didn't just catch a flight in this week. So I should kind of back track what I just said about the fact that it, you know, it might be a guy that's at the top of the board because this is a birdie fest. And we know in birdie fests that someone can get a hot putter and rise and just be a Brian Gay that week and ruin everybody. So I'm not like thinking that's out of the realm of possibilities because we're at Wildlife and we're in Hawaii and things happen. Guys get hot with the putter or they don't or they do whatever. But last year we saw the winner of this tournament gain eight strokes with the putter and none with his irons and he won Cameron Smith. So yeah, you just could, you know, it's a hit and giggle. So be careful. Maybe you don't invest in Morikawa at the top because of that. And that's what I meant, more or less. You could go with the 20s. Maybe you go with the burger if you could find it at 20 or the Neiman or the M or whatever, if you could find those 20s. And that's where we could go next with the, the reasoning. 
Uh, well, I think like to your point, um, a lot of the guys at the top, and this is kind of an awkward week because usually those guys at the top are Bryson, DJ, Rom, like big heavy hitters. But this week you have a shorter course. You have very much an accuracy course and you have a history of guys who want win here, just end up with a streaking hot putter in the week. So it really kind of opens up the field and makes you think, you know, if Colin Morikawa doesn't gain five, six strokes putting this week, is he going to win or, or are your odds better off of taking someone 20, 30 to one who can, you know, finish around the same gain a couple strokes putting and be right there at the end of the day. I just don't think it, like talent wise, it's going to reward Morikawa's ball striking as if it would at a course that's 75, 7,600 yards where his four iron and five iron can really come into play and separate him from the field. Are you thinking that it might rain? Cause I did read or see something about rain potentially there. And therefore it does when it rains lead towards bombers, having an advantage snipers getting it close as possible from 125 yards out, whatever it is. Do you have any thoughts about rain or does that matter to you? Do you kind of lean a bomber in a rainy environment? If you're here on Wednesday night, it's going to rain a ton. Do you start okay. your lineups into DraftKings to bombers? I've heard a lot of different sides to this. I'm not really sure. The answer to answer your question, I'm not really sure because I haven't dug too much into the weather yet. So I don't really know if it's going to rain. It was a little sloppy last year, but there's something to be said about rain softening the course while it could keep some of the bombers in the fairway and give them an advantage to kind of bomb and gouge, it also lets those guys coming in with longer irons typically stop the ball sooner. So guys like Kevin Kisner, who may be coming in with an approach shot with a four five, six iron, where normally under really firm conditions, he not may not be able to hold that green. If he clears the bunker, now he may be able to stop it sooner. So I just don't really normally factor too much into the weather unless you see really heavy winds because there is a definitive, um, you know, stat category that plays a role. In, and there are guys that just play better in the wind than others. So and we saw it on Sunday with the wind up. Absolutely. Joaquin Neiman dominated that course. He was having, a, he was playing a different course on the front nine. Everyone's trying to figure it out. And everyone's plus one or even or whatever. And all of a sudden he's five under seven holes. I was like, what the hell course is Neiman playing? So that then cut on 18. Oh, that, that hurt me so bad. I, I had a Neiman 40 to one. Look, the Browns won. I'm not going to complain about Browns won. I hedged with Harris English at the last second. I got it. It was pretty tough uh, to see him miss that after everything he made to miss that sort of three footer. And in that his approach shot coming in was about three feet from being very close. And it just kind of didn't quite make it to the green. It was tough. Um, Is it because he didn't warm up after? You, did you, I did, I wasn't really watching that, but I did hear a comment um, and see some stuff on Twitter that he was basically just posted up at the picnic table with El Nino. And, he's taking pictures yeah. with Sergio and his wife. It was crazy. I was like, aren't you still he's in- young, man? He stays loose. He doesn't got to get too warmed up. Oh, it was hilarious. Everyone got out- outraged on the golf. But anyways, game. back to the board. You've, do you got anyone? I'm sure you bet Sungjae like I did, but do you have <laughs> anyone else? I, I actually... Um, Reed made some really good points about Daniel Berger, how he didn't play well Sunday, but did play really well all together last week, dominates par fours, gets a hot putter. You've got the Honda comp. You've got a couple other comps there and courses where he plays really well, uh, is 14 to one, just too low for you. Well, guess what? So, um, you know, the Reed thing happened. I'm on Twitter. I'm, ha- I'm making dinner. I was just getting done with dinner or something. I'm preparing for the show. I'm uh, seeing our guy, Matt Jones, TFR on Twitter. He's tweeting about how some books are asleep at the wheel. And I'm like, they're still asleep at the wheel. So I had not pulled the trigger on a Daniel Berger, but I was on the fence of this Daniel Berger thing. And I hadn't had a chance of showing houses or whatever today. And then all of a sudden I get home and I'm like, someone's asleep. So then I go to one book and I'm like, well, this book's not asleep at the wheel. Daniel Berger's 12 to one and now the favorite in this book. So I was like, holy shit, I lost my opportunity to bet on Daniel Berger. And then I'm like, nah, I don't even care, but I'll go to my other book. So I go to my other book, 20 over at that book. So I was like, well, for the hell of it, because of the value, I threw a couple bucks on Berger at 20. So yeah, I was on the fence. I got this tweet. I saw this thing. I went to one book. It was crazy low. And I saw Sungjae over there at 18 or 16 and I had already got him at 22. So then I'm like, oh, I better go to the other book. And then I got him at 20. So I'm in. I got Neiman. Cool. I got M. I got Berger. I got all the names that I wanted in the 20s before they dropped. So nice. Nice. Went, um, ended up going pretty heavy on Sungjae. 
Mm-hmm. Just thought he played really well last week. I put it out there on Twitter and some people agreed with me, but he looks different, man. Bigger, stronger, faster. Sungjae got in a little bit of shape over the break. Joe, uh, that's called uh, puberty. Good. That's literally puberty. <laughs> no, but he looks good. He's out the chin a little bit. His arms look nice and tight. Um, and he was firing great shots. Interesting about Sungjae, he T5s last week and lost 3.2 strokes putting. Right, on um, Bermuda. Don't really know how, like, that just shows you he was the best guy in the field, T to green. Um, those greens were weird because they were really slow, but everyone else in the basically in the top 10 gained a lot of strokes putting, and he lost strokes putting and still finished there. So feel really confident on Sanjay. The other guy I took in the 20s was Cam Smith, 28 to 1. Um, defending champ, really like where the kids' game's at. Um, obviously plays the course well lost strokes on approach last week a bunch of strokes on approach which is very unusual for him Um, gained in nine previous events strokes in every single event so I'm kind of going to rule that out as a little bit of rust a little bit of an outlier go back to a place he loves and you know, he's just, he's got these sort of, he goes through these up and down swings, I feel like, in Cam Smith of his career. So when he's hot, he rides form for a little while. When he's not hot, he's just missing cuts. Like he'll miss five, six straight cuts in a row if you look at his stats throughout the season. Before okay. this last event, nine out of 10 straight events in the top 25 or better. So he's okay. coming in in great form. A little bit of a layover. So does it continue? I don't know. 28 to 1 top talented player uh, in the field, I think it's good odds. And I also am into an Aussie. I'm into one in the 30s. I'm into Adam Scott at 33 to one. Now, I do, this is kind of fun more than it's real, is that I read about how it's summer in Australia right now, and that's why some of these Aussie guys, they play better in the winter months or right now or whatever. I'm like, great, cool. I don't know if this is true, but, hey, I love these uh, biological clock narratives where, you know, the guy's <laughs> on a different time zone, and therefore it's more like summer to his body. <laughs> so then he can come in here and he plays freer. I don't know. <clears throat> I read that, so that's good. Uh, but, yeah, Kisner, 30 scott 33 those are good numbers to me and i feel like those guys can win last week oh wait no last year at this event kevin kisner t to green led the field so that's helpful i think the 30 is kind of weird and it's probably fair for what it is and i i like seeing kisner heat up on sunday i had a you know, I was bored, so I bought a share of him, like, for five or six bucks on Jack Market at some point in the morning because I was like, wow, he's four under already or whatever. Hmm, this might turn into something. And then I think he ended up four under, so I lost money on my buy of his share, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I was following him nonetheless, and I saw I like the way he was uh, heating up on Sunday. And then maybe that could carry over. And he does have the confidence he's been tweeting, like, or he's – had quotes about how he likes playing the week after he's played here and whatever. So, and yeah. Joe, we know about Kisner. His strength is his putter and it wasn't yeah. really, it hasn't been really. So we're waiting for that scorching hot putter round where, you know, they'll show the tweet of him putting with that little thing on his feet where he's got his little tiptoes and he's practicing mm-hmm. his putting. And then all of a sudden he'll be gaining eight strokes putting and then he'll be this year's winner. Eight strokes putting Kevin Kisner 30 to yeah. one. Look, I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's no surprise. Some guy's going to get a really scorching hot putter this week and come and win, and he's definitely one that could. Another guy in his 30s, I didn't bet him, but I just want to talk about him for a minute. We've all kind of forgotten about him. Um, And he won this event two, three years ago. He played well and just won that team event. Is Matt Kuchar going to make sort of a resurgence this year in 2021 after just an abysmal season last year? Or is Kuch he, back? I don't know. Or like, I it's hate good, to this. This is a good fit for him. Like, this is the ideal fit if you're going to bet Matt Kuchar at 35 to 1. This is the place you want to do it. Great course history, short, everything lines up nicely for him. Like, it's so weird because I've been doing this a couple of years and I've been listening to these podcasts for years. And I, I remember their specific podcast hosts or people make declarations about old guys or like, you know, Kucher age guys where they're like, it's over. Cause at some point it is, it's it eventually gets to a point where you're done. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And then everyone, you know, likes to say that stuff. Uh, but these people, they, they, it's their nine lives. They're freaking cats. It takes a lot to kill them. So I don't know if Kuchar's dead yet. So I'm not sure. Just like Adam Scott, two or three, four years ago, people thought he's dead. He was over. He was done with. And, and then I think he's just had a little bit of a second win to his career here. Uh, and he's picking his spots better. He's playing more of a tiger schedule within that mm-hmm. gives him the energy as an old man, gives him the motivation and he doesn't get burnt out as much. So Scott, who we know can get hot with the putter, but he wasn't obviously last week. He's terrible. He couldn't touch the cup with the putt. So I like Adam Scott to, to find it again. We know he does these things where like, maybe he tries something on purpose, like, and then it's bad. And he knows I can't do that way. And then he, the pendulum swings to the other way. So he tries a different thing. And then it's fucking amazing. And then I've seen this with Adam Scott. So Did he make any comments why he switched away from the broomstick? I don't know. But do you, you do know that he could show up this week and on Thursday have a broomstick? And it would be like, what? no big deal to us. Because this is what he does. Because he's a, he, it's a, he's a head case, dude. Like, yeah, he is. It really truly is not like about the actual ability to putt. It's more like the DJ thing where like DJ does this too, or he'll have a random putter and then he'll throw the mallet away and he'll put a blade in and then he'll throw that away. And so yeah, yeah. these, these guys, they know it's the Indian, it's not the arrow. So Scott does, it's not that stuff is great when it comes to the betting board. He's 33 to one. If he was a consistent, great Webb Simpson putter, you don't think he'd be up with Webb Simpson? He'd be a 12 to one. He's Adam Scott. This is ridiculous. So on DraftKings, especially he gets the discount because there's some hesitation, but as soon as he starts putting it all together and he has consistent weeks of the putter, he's $10,000 on DraftKings. He's 12 to one. So I'm going at a 33 to one. That's buying a number more than anything. Got it. What about the forties and fifties? Um, some names in here, some guys who played last week, some guys making their debut, some guys from overseas, Anything uh, yeah. going back to your boy Billy Ho or yeah, anything? So now I get a little more, a little less confident as we go to the 40s and the 50s, but I do have some confidence in Billy Horschel. Uh, yes. Okay. Such a loser with a double bogey on the last hole on Sunday, finishes for plus two for the day, goes from T24 to what could have been like a T13 or a T17. So, like, it just looks bad. It looks way worse. It pisses me off because he had a great Friday, Saturday. He was 66, 66. They interviewed him after round three. I'm all into it. I'm watching it. I saw it. it. Yeah. And it's like, he's ready. He's poised to have a good putting round. Yeah. And I'm like excited for a Sunday round. I have him in all three of my Mayo, Pat Mayo league teams. He was the only guy I picked all three teams. So I'm like, oh my God, this is great. I have him on jock. I have him everywhere. And he fucking sucks so bad on the last hole. And at the time, the PGA tour website was erroring or whatever. And so Martin's is texting me, Billy Horschel sucks. And I'm like, what, why he's been good. What are you talking about? And I don't even know. I'm like, how do you even know he sucks? And he's like, DraftKings is updating. And I'm like, crap. So anyway, regardless of that, I, I don't know if I did bet him yet, but I'm considering 40 because I don't like him as much as Lanto Sergio. I don't have as much confidence as that or Todd. The real truth is that I like Munoz at 50. That's my favorite play in the 40s or 50s. Munoz. That's that's the name. Sebastian. Yeah, I, I like Sebastian Munoz as well. I have not bet him yet, but um, I see that 50 is still hanging. Um, you know, I was looking at it earlier. 2019 top 10 here. Sneaky kind of 17th last week after he opened with a plus two on Thursday. Basically played the next three days, 18 under par. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, Coming in very solid, Bermuda, plus-plus for Sebastian Munoz. Good number there. Um, but I went skipped. Do a top of, five on Munoz, even. 60s. What's that? You could even do a top five on Sebastian Oh, Munoz. yeah. These guys, once you start cracking 50, 60 range, you're definitely top five worthy. And actually, uh guy at 66 that I have, our guy Reed, mentioned quite often today. And it's Aussie, Aussie, Aussie season, Mark Leishman. Yeah, same. I like him. You got a 66 because I don't see yeah. that. I see a 55. 66 on Leishman. Okay. Uh, I like it. Look, you like him. It's inconsistent, as we know. Um, but Leishman is a guy who, all right. So you have to look at his putting numbers. And he has been so bad with the putter, but every now and then he 
flips it and mm-hmm. gains a couple strokes, particularly places where he has some familiarity. He's played this course five straight years, had a couple good finishes, I think a third here. Um, but if you look and dive a little bit deeper into those putting stats, so the last five times he's gained strokes putting in any tournament, um, no matter where it is, he has tremendous finishes in those tournaments. Mm-hmm. He has a first, he has a second, he has a third in mm within the last five times he's gained strokes putting. So if he gets familiarity here, gets a little bit of a hot putter, I think the slower Bermuda green set up. Well, you mentioned the Aussie um, summertime narrative. Look, they've played really uh, well here going back to like Stuart Appleby and Robert Allenby and Adam Scott and Mark Leishman and Cam and, Smith. Yeah. Just naming these guys, Aaron Baddeley even, I think has a win or a second here. These guys keep popping I think it was up. Doug I, Ferguson, someone who said it, uh was an Aussie himself so I, I'm not it's for a reason I think 66 to 1 um and even 55 or whatever you said it is now is a very fair number on a guy who played well and has win upside um right. like we talked about some of these other guys that are 20s that steadily top 10 Mark Leishman ain't that guy but when he's up there he can finish the deal and he can win big time events the farmers the Arnold Palmer the you know he he steps up in big moments um, you know what else we uh, like about Mark Leishman? Hmm. He's a regular dude. He Moses lawn. He drinks beer. He's a real person. And we like yep. that these guys. Sometimes. Bonus points for drinking beer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he did go on a diet last year. So yeah, that was, you know, maybe old news, but regardless, I don't really like Kazire or Kokrak or Gooch or Ortiz. So I'm not doing any of that. I wanted to like Reevee just because I like Reevee and mm-hmm. I bet him a lot, but he's been bad, like bad. Yeah. Um, just miss cuts in events with shitty fields that he should be playing well at on shorter courses. Uh, so off Reevy, um, I got no one else jump up into triple digits. What about you? Yeah. See, I couldn't find any long shots that I was in love with. I like Matt Neesmith. Um, there is a podcast called the perfect number podcast with Will Haskett. You got, we might have to have him on. We got to get Will on. Yeah. yeah he's so a good guy. That podcast had a review at the end of the season. Hey, listen, these podcasts with real people that have access to data and stats and stuff, those are excellent for people like me who only use beer gut models. So I listened to this and he said Neesmith. He said Neesmith has the ability to make the uh, jump to next year. So I'm watching Neesmith a little bit closely. This Will Haskett dude has predicted a lot of things like weirdly and like he's a smart guy. So like when he says Neesmith, I listened to the one the year before and he said a bunch of names that came to, to life. One time he told me uh, to look for Fratelli off the web.com tour. And I was like, okay, cool. And then Fratelli fucking won like a couple years or six months later or whatever. So Neesmith has the statistics according to the Will Haskets of the world. So maybe him 75 to one. Okay. I hear you out on that. What about Snedeker though? He's here at a hundred to one and he's sitting on nine PGA tour titles. And we've talked about this in the past where your children have access to a cell phone and they're looking you up on Wikipedia and they're <laughs> like, man, you got nine wins. When are you going to get that 10th one? Are you going to go double digits, dad? So Snedeker, is he going to go double digits wearing a colored glove? I didn't bet him. Hmm. Did you take him? No. Like okay. I said, I don't know. I can't find faith in these names. Now, on DraftKings, my... it's a different story. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of DraftKings, I think I have an excellent value here and a guy that I bet at 125 to one through a couple bucks. Um, he's an Aussie. Guess who? Oh God. Cam Davis. Oh yeah. Cam Davis. 125 to one. You can get him 125 to one. Yeah. Um, he's going to be popular. Basically storm the OWGR like summer. Um, and just started flying up the boards there. Obviously has the Aussie narrative. Look, he played great at a lot of the Australian Opens of the world and amateur tournaments. He's been a great player. Um, Played pretty well leading into this event during the fall, but tailed off a little bit. But he's $7,200 on DraftKings, and I think he's a great value. Look, my guy that I do the show with on Wednesday, Rick Good has some pretty cool PGA tools on his site that uh, I now got access to. So oh, I should hook you up or something, mm, but more, um, more, so more. he has these projection models that basically take a guy's projected DraftKings points and his ceiling. And I don't even know how he comes up with these stats, but he does. So projected points for this week, 
Starting at number one is Colin Morikawa on DraftKings, sure. Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, Cam Davis, Sung J.M. Cam Davis is fourth in this model that Rick came up, and he has the highest ceiling of any player in the field, according to Rick um, and his data science. Um, so pretty cool. So I just think he has a lot of upside. I think that we've seen these guys come over here and play really well. Um, 125 to one couple shekels. Why not? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, that's like it. There are guys in this range that you could look at and you could say, Hey, Joe, do you think this guy could win? And like, would you be surprised if Cameron Davis won? No. And look, people are going to tell you, Look, so people that are here and that are big bankroll betting guys are going to always tell me that it's dumb to bet these 101 long shots, but I don't really care, right? This is a hobby. And is it fun to like, how much fun is it to bet Sung JM this week? And he hits it 22 to one. Great. Like very fun, great, dude. All him. Awesome. But Cam Davis at 125 to one, I'll talk about that for the next 12 months. Oh, you'll bring uh, about that. When Sam Burns was 151 and I had a dollar yeah. on him. I was so like, it's yes. just, it just breathes a little extra life into Sunday when they're in the sweat, gives you some opportunity to hedge. If you're a hedge guy on the live betting odds. I like it 125 to one. And then I took a total flyer. I tweeted this out earlier, just a weird 200 to one on Brian gay. I don't know why, man. Look, he, he like, if you're going to cross guys off who didn't play last week, you're only left with a certain number of guys in the field and <laughs> one of them. Yeah. So he played last week actually did not finish that terrible. So Dude, he was Brian showdown plays of the day it was round three showdown. Cause he hadn't putted well and he was smoking it with the irons. So, he was, he yeah. gained strokes on approach uh, two starts ago before the century. The guy freaking won uh, on an oceanside coastal course. He, look, he just played in an event with the best players in the world and finished in the top two thirds of the field. He <laughs> beat guys of the likes of Finau, Hovland, Champ, Kokrak, Ortiz, Hideki. He beat all these guys last week. You put him in a weaker field, 200 to one. Here's 200 is like, uh, it's <laughs> almost not good enough for that, but whatever. I, I'm, you whatever. Know, I'm more at a draft. Top 20 player. play. Why not? I'm using him in DraftKings for sure, Brian. Gay. What about Jimmy Walker? Is this the type of guy that will, oh, is he dead? Is he the real dead guy? Or is he like, is he the real? I haven't country? even heard of that name forever. He's 300 to one. Jesus. Now that's more of a hedge guy because. I mean, but it wasn't that long ago that he won a major. I can't imagine that 300 to one. He doesn't flirt again with the top of the leaderboard. Jim Herman, is he out of COVID? COVID protocols, 350 to one. I was going to ask you about a uh, hedge guy, Sam Ryder. Remember when Sam Ryder was someone that people were picking and he was popular, kind of? He's 500 to one. Wow. He used to be someone I was confident in using. It was it's so it's weird to see that. Some of these older guys too, like just it the nature of it being a short course and course history, I think playing a little bit more of a role and kind of maneuvering your way around could present some value if you're looking in the top 20 market. I mean, they're not gonna win, but you want a guy to make the cut or to top 20. There's some guys down here coming off the senior tour who who could get it around a couple under a day. Man. Well, it is a birdie fest, and it's all it takes is a putter, truly. Anybody can compete here. Two par fives, number nine and number 18. You can make birdie there and catch a couple out of the rest of the round, a bunch of pars, and get in the house. Speaking of house, who should I put my house on this week, Joe? Ooh. I'm considering a couple names. I think you got to keep that a little bit <clears throat> of a secret until Wednesday when you put it out. But Oh, no, no. I will not reveal because I probably don't know yet ultimately who I like, but I am honing it down. And if you want to follow both Joe and I, I'm Eddie Dyna Realty. My initials are CHE. I'm a worker, every Dyna Realty employee. Good stuff. But anyway, in your tour picks, which is a real name. So uh, yeah, follow us on those accounts and then you get our, uh, our picks. I tweet some stuff. And I'll tweet. Yeah, well, I'll throw a card out there Wednesday. Um, did pretty good on the matchups last week. I've had a really good run. I'm I gonna love matchup track like, of this. I was stuff. seven, three, and three this week. I'm taking like dogs. Like I just take dogs. Right. Like why are you gonna lay a favorite in golf? But like there's do- like I think I had like where's the max favorite you would lay? Is it one seventy five, one fifty five? Were you looking at one forty? Would you lay it? 
if you really liked it? Depends on the matchup, but yeah, one I would start to consider, but I really don't feel like you can make money that way in matchups. I feel like you're better off like searching for guys that are plus 120. Like and then I had, hammering those? Like Bryson, I'm not hammering them, but I'm betting more than I'm betting on an outright on the matchups just because it evens out. Like I had Bryson over DJ last week at a really good plus number. I think it was plus one. The whole tournament. Plus 130. Yeah. And and like that thing was over until Sunday when DJ blew it and Bryson won. The other one was like Sergio was plus 165, I think, against Victor Hovland. Like they're not that far apart. Um, golf people Sergio crushed him but I'm just saying like looking back on it now obviously yeah it was a good bet but in those type of matchups when you find a guy plus 150 plus 165 they're not going to pair two guys together that are that far off Um, and and, like Sergio can beat him in any tournament can be better than Victor Hovland so I've like you got to take your money there okay I like the idea of betting like a dollar if it's a plus number and betting whatever to win a dollar if it's a minus number. And then I just track to see how many I got right. So then I'm like kind of tracking it that way in order to feel out like, oh, these are my bets based on whatever stats I was looking at, if, you know, whatever sites. And then I just go and I click and click. And then I'm like, these ones I don't like, these ones I like. And then I I'm wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh yeah, I made all those bets. How did I do? Oh, five, five and five or whatever, you know, then yeah. You give an idea for why I like taking dogs is it's like if you finish even or even if you go four and six or three and four, you're making money mm-hmm. like you can bet a lot of favorites and, you know, <clears throat> go seven and three, but you can get your butt kicked on the and ones. The problem you- is the, the books know the guys want to bet the favorites. They know that. And so then they juice the hell out of you and they don't. And there's the it's literally a coin flip basically every time they tee it up. Give me the dogs. Okay, I like that. The Ooh. dog pound. What are you going to do for the playoff game this weekend? Look, some people have asked me, like, what I think. It's all icing on the cake at this point. Like, I'll think. Well, okay, who do you play? Uh, who, who are you're you a Cleveland Chiefs. Browns fan? Super Bowl Chiefs Sunday <laughs> at Trail 5 p.m. Eastern. In uh, Arrowhead. In Arrowhead. The Chiefs are rested. But are your players going to be back that were on COVID? Coach Stefanski. Joel Batonio, Denzel Ward, these Kevin Johnson, these guys return to practice this Thursday. Does the uh, does the slipper fit? Are you the Cinderella's? Are you the third straight day of zero positive COVID tests? I'm hoping that we're over, <laughs> over this hump. Listen, listen, COVID um, throws a wrinkle in these playoffs that can give anybody a shot. Yeah, it happened to us. We still like we got through it, but listen. If um, I don't wish it upon anybody, but if a couple of cases crept into the Midwest in Kansas City this week, I'm not going to be that pissed off. You're going to sneeze on some people over there. If Pat Mahomes like gets a little uh, has to quarantine for two weeks, I'm sure he'll be fine. Who's their backup that he can play? I don't even know. Matt Schaub, maybe. Who knows? They've never used him. But the Browns offense is good. And I think that we, with a healthy offensive line and the ability to run the ball in the cold, I like us, man. Oh, I yeah. like us. Chubb Shut Hunt. on their throats. Let's go. I'm into it. Best offensive line in the league. Um, what's not to like? Kansas Baker. City is not as solid as they used to be. Right. They've got I some. Took, um, I was at the, the club playing golf on Sunday morning, and – I wore my uh, all my Browns gear. So I wore Browns little quarter zip and stuff. Everyone's giving me shit. And so we played <laughs> in a group. We've had three groups. There's like 11 guys and they all took Pittsburgh. So they're all giving me shit saying Pittsburgh's going to whoop our ass. I took $20 bets from every single guy there plus six points. I'm getting paid when I show back <laughs> up this weekend. And that just right there is when I knew like, okay, there's 12 guys here most of them don't know shit about betting and they're all on Pittsburgh. That's when I knew it was time to hammer the Browns tonight. Look, the books are never wrong. Uh, when you see the percentage of tickets all on one side, you got to go with the other one. Dude, you, good bet, you did it. Well, congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Thanks buddy. It was good times. You know, this was good times as well. We probably ran a little long tonight, but, yeah. uh, Appreciate you guys for stopping by, hanging out. I see you guys who have been here the whole time in the Periscope. Thank you. 
Jock Market, good people, support them, sign up, PL10. PL10 or what's your code? That's a better code. Uh, Power20, but use ours. Use ours for tonight. PL10, uh, hook us up. So are we going to give something away next week? Sure, let's do right. it. Okay, so if I, uh, write a review, people, this week at some point because we're going to log on at the end of the pod next Monday and I'm going to do the thing where I just scroll through the people that have given us a review. So if only you, if only reviews before, from now until then. Just write another one. Yeah. iTunes reviews. And you will win a t-shirt or what are we going to give away? Sign up for a catfish email and we'll, we'll hook you up with something. There you go. Just, if, you're already, if you already gave us a review and you can't leave a second one, use your other email. There you go. Love Thanks, you. guys. All right, you want to play the music or should we get out of here? Yeah, man, I got the music. I'll cue it up here. Um, Sony Open. Good luck, everyone. And are we all loud. in? We're all in. Let's go. Sunday in, baby. There he is. Look at what that signature. What a beauty. Woo! Go Browns. All right, just so you guys need to know, if you need to know. 40. See you, gang. Peace out. See you, Joe. See you, dude.